0: Good afternoon. This is Ed Schaefer sitting in for Rob Port today. You're on the Rob Port Show. Glad that you are with us. It is the 23rd of January already on Monday. And I'm sitting in for Rob today. Rob had some personal sadness and a family situation. And so our hearts go out to him. But I am uh, here to pick up the slack. And glad to be with you on 970 WDAY this afternoon. We don't have any particular guests lined up or things. We'd like to visit with you about... What you're thinking today, lots of stuff going on, but give us a call, 293-9000, 293-9000, or 888-970-9329, or you can even email us at WDAY.com. A lot of issues in the news today, Uh, the president's uh, cabinet picks, are they being held up by the Democrats unnecessarily? Um, Is this just political games in Washington as usual, or are there some serious concerns about... Uh, What's going on with uh, his picks? uh, We just don't know uh, all of that. Uh, Executive orders. You know, uh, President Obama seemed to go around president. uh, uh, The legislators went around Congress, um, had a worst record. President Obama's had the worst record on legislation for a president who was in the White House for eight years than any other president. But he got a lot done because he did it by executive order. So here's another question. Um, Should Donald Trump, as president, be working on executive orders instead of working with Congress, who are representatives of the people and the people's message in there? So, you know, that's something to talk about. We've had, of course, women's marches all over the country, uh, including Washington, D.C., and right here in Fargo uh, over the weekend. Uh, Some of the issues there, uh, what are the concerns uh, was it a was it a women's march or was it just a, a liberal uh, march uh, disguised as women? I understand uh, some of the women who had more conservative views were blocked out of participating. What are your thoughts on that? And how did it go over in Fargo? I guess there were a thousand people uh, downtown Fargo talking about those uh, issues and rallying for women's issues. Um, and uh, here's my question: um, Where is the right place? And what is the right time uh, to make your voice heard? Uh, our president had been in office for one day when this march took place. Um, there were some concerns expressed, but, uh, you know, has he had a chance to um, say this is where we're going or what we're doing? Are we protesting what might be? Are we protesting uh, what could be? Uh, you know, how, how do we stand on these issues? A lot of which are very important topics, things we ought to be discussing in our community uh, issues that ought to bring our people together on common ground. But, um, you know, like I said, where, where's the right time? What's the right place? And why are they have to be so partisan? Why do we always have to beat each other up? Can't we listen and talk on these issues? Which leads me to a next question. If you would give us a call at 293 or eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine, 970 9329 and help me trying to figure out how we can bring back good public discussion, good public discourse, how we can bring our country together again and discuss issues that aren't um, necessarily agreed upon by everyone. How do we discuss issues from different sides, different ways, uh, how, the way different people have, um, you know, thoughts, um, background experiences that are different, but uh, we all have to come together. And uh, I'm really interested to find out if any of you have thoughts about how we can bring this together. So uh, anyway, those are some topics and others that we're glad to discuss. Um, We um, are always interested in what you have to say. I looked on Rob Port's blog today. He's got some interesting uh, um, items on his blog, including uh, me calling the proposed long-term care tax by our governor. Stupid. I don't know. I guess I did because he had the recording of it. Well, it looks
1: like you might have an opportunity to explain
0: that a little bit. then. Yes. Huh? Yes. So, um, but uh, Rob had, a, had a, um, a clip of that on his webpage when I was uh, on his show last week. So, uh, anyway, um, uh, we've, I've got lots of ideas on some of our proposed legislation. Um, and there's a lot, you know, should we have an 80 mile an hour speed limit? Uh, you know, should we tax uh, long-term care private payers? Um, should we, um, uh, you know, should we increase the budget? Should we increase taxes, lower taxes? Uh, how are we going to balance the budget? What are the priorities of the state? Uh, you know, we have a new governor, kind of a crazy system in North Dakota. The governor takes office on the on 15th of December, uh, any new governor on the 15th of December, and right away in January goes into a legislative session. Uh, you don't even have a chance to get your feet wet, and all of a sudden you're crammed into a legislative session with huge amounts of activity, all kinds of uh, legislation being introduced, bills being put forward, conversations taking place, and you know you don't even have a chance to get into the office yet, and you're already being hammered on this thing. So um, is that a system that uh, really is... Uh, good in North Dakota. North Dakota is one of only 11 states, I think, that, um, I think there are 11, 11 states that have the governor's election on the presidential election cycle. Uh, that does two things for us. Um, one is uh, it involves the governor's race in in national political issues. Um, you know, the national politics, the presidential race, the things get pulled into the governor's race in North Dakota. Some of them are relevant to North Dakota. Some aren't, but, you know, there's always a thing, you know, which presidential candidate do you support, you know, to the governor, et cetera. So that is an issue. Um, another issue is this, you know, the timing thing. If we, because of our timing for governor, um, then, you know, you go right into the legislative session, which is, you know, in North Dakota is uh, every two years. So, you know, should we allow our governor to get their feet on the ground, get, you know, uh, the cabinet in place, get people, you know, working towards this common direction for the people of North Dakota and then go into legislative session. Um, I don't know. I went through it the way it was and it seemed to work okay, but it does cause some angst and some difficulty because the level of activity is pretty dramatic right away. Um, And I noticed, I just mentioned we have a legislative session for 90 days, every two years. Um, There was a column in the uh, Fargo Forum today uh, by Lloyd Amdahl, And Lloyd Amdahl's column was, hey, maybe we should have annual sessions. Maybe it's, uh, you know, in the modern day world with big budgets and dramatic changes in the cyclical nature of the economy, with energy and oil going up and down rapidly and directly. Should we have annual sessions? Um, Annual sessions would uh, bring about more government control, more legislation, <laughs> and more legislators in town. Um, I am uh, reminded one time uh, when I was having some uh, difficulties with the legislature, when they were spending more money than I wanted them to spend, they had taken a certain group of bills and spent down what I wanted, a $20 million fund, spent it down to $10 million, And I was in a press conference, and in the press conference uh, I was asked um, you know, would I sign that legislation uh, taking $10 million out more of my budget? And I said, you know, I think I will sign the legislation because it's worth $10 million just to get them out of town. You can imagine how that happened. You know, that didn't go over very well with legislators, but it was what we uh, had on the table. And it just reminded me today is if you have more legislative session, more legislative time, more legislation, more budget, does it help the state of North Dakota or does it hinder The people of North Dakota in their lives. Good question. Give us a call, 293 9000 888 970 9329. uh, Or give us a text, call us, talk to us at wday.com. It's time to take a break. Here's some folks who are going to pay for this time on our radio. Please listen to them and stay with us. We'll be right back. to the Rob Report. This is Ed Schaefer standing in today, 23rd of January, Monday. Glad to have you with us. Thank you for listening to WDAY 970 on your radio dial. It is about 22 minutes after 1 o'clock. The day is fleeting. So if you want to give us a call, talk about something that you're thinking about today or something in the news or something you think should be in the news, uh, give us a call at 293-9000, 293-9000 or 888 888- We can also take texts or you can um, leave us an email on WDAY.com, whatever. There's uh, lots of stuff coming in. I had been uh, just chattering over the microphone here for the last uh, segment of the show and uh, mentioned a few things that uh, had come across um, my mind or come across in the news today, etc., and the teal said that, hey, I, I've got some things to say about
1: it. We can talk about anything you'd like to talk
0: about. Well, you know, I was kind of interested since we, kind of, we ended on the note, I think, on should uh, North Dakota have annual sessions of the legislature. You know, we have a constitutional requirement right now for 90 days uh, every two years. We get about uh, 1,200 pieces of legislation that are introduced uh, in those days that are thoroughly uh, discussed, uh, voted upon, acted upon. Uh, some make it to the governor's uh, desk for signature. Some don't. Um, but, um, you know, is, is in today's era, is it important for us to have uh, an annual session or, you know, do the semi-annual sessions work okay for us for a citizen legislature?
1: And that's that's a really interesting thing to bring up because, like you mentioned, we we have a citizen legislature we don't, our, our legislators aren't full time politicians. And that's a decision that we as, as a state have made. I'm not sure if that's the correct decision or not, because it feels like every time we get into a session that there's so much stuff being shoved into so little time that not everything gets the focus that it needs.
0: Because mm-hmm. there's
1: a lot of things that are happening right now. I mean, the legislature is already voting to. Hold off on the implementation of the medical marijuana ballot measure that was passed by a technical supermajority in our state because there's not enough time to deal with it. And that seems really that that upsets me is that there's not enough time for things that are important to the majority of citizens in North Dakota to handle by our legislature in the time that they're allotted right now,
0: mm-hmm. and is one of, you know one of the questions you have to ask is do they churn up a lot of stuff they don't need to be, churn you know do they not have enough time because they're working on legislation that we don't have or don't have any it's not going to pass anyway and they're just you know trying to make a constituent feel good or whatever and you know they're you know are we renaming an agency or you know <laughs> we we see lots of legislation that probably uh, could be considered a waste of time. Um, You know, so is it a situation of priorities? Um, You know, that medical marijuana uh, piece of legislation that was driven by the people and passed by the people is an interesting piece of legislation because it is the most liberal piece of marijuana, uh, medical marijuana legislation in the country. And matter of fact, it's so close to being recreational marijuana usage. It's like ridiculous. You and I can go down in our basement and grow seven or eight, nine plants and sell them to whoever we want. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, that's not medical marijuana. It, it's, you know?
1: it's, you know, and, and I, can, I can see where there are probably some things that maybe need to be adjusted and regulated and, and things like that. But the fact that it was able to be pushed off, despite that it was obviously important to the majority of voters in our state, is a little bit frustrating, especially because then we have these other bills that come up, like, do we want an 80-mile-an-hour speed limit on the interstates in north dakota
0: yeah isn't that so where where are our priorities
1: yeah or or is our priority that the whole state should be in the central time zone and we don't need daylight savings anymore or is our priority that every internet connectable device is now considered a a pornography vending machine
0: (laughs) i mean come on yeah legislators get (laughs) you know get interesting ideas and put forth interesting legislation uh i um uh, you know, was thinking when you said that, you know, there just gets to be so many pieces of legislation. What, you know, what do we gain by them? Or can you prioritize them? You know, is this important? That, that medical marijuana situation is so difficult. It's going to take forever to get some regulations on that thing. Who can sell it? How do you dispense it? You know, anybody can grow it, obviously. Um, there's no particular definition of who can use it. Um, you know, so how, you know, how are you going to manage all of that? And so let me ask you this, people of North Dakota said no to a tax on tobacco and said yes to, (laughs) to marijuana. That's doesn't, those two things don't even mesh with me. How do, how does that work?
1: Well, I think that, um, voters looked at this and saw an opportunity for medicine for people that they know that are suffering and looked at the tax as punishing a certain group of people for doing something that is currently legal.
0: Yeah, good points.
1: And and we've only got a couple of minutes left here, but we do have a caller who would like to change the topic slightly. Awesome. Uh, Bob has a comment on education for you.
0: Good afternoon, Bob. Welcome. Well, hello, Governor. This
2: is uh, quite a treat for me. I haven't talked to a governor in my whole life.
0: Well, uh, you're not now, actually. (laughs) (laughs) that's true. I'm I'm the old guy. uh,
2: I just wanted your opinion on uh, the nomination of Betsy DeVos and uh, the trajectory of uh, education for North Dakota and Minnesota and the whole region and and how the landscape of education seems to be uh, turning because it's going towards voucher systems and, and alternatives. And I'll just hang up and listen, okay?
0: Sure. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate the question. Betsy DeVos has... Uh as a Secretary of Education, uh, as put forth by uh, President Trump. You know, interesting pick. I've known Betsy for a while, and um, I think she's got some great ideas about uh, charter schools, new directions. Uh, what, and I, and I, one thing I like about her is I know she'll be a fighter against the establishment. You know, there's so much of the teachers' unions, the you know, all the things that are in there and say, this is the way we do it, this is the way we have to have it, this is the way we have to protect our teachers, whether they are good or not, whether kids are performing or not you know those kinds of things are are important but but she did that she didn't she did not do a good job uh, in her senate hearing i thought that she seemed unprepared she didn't you know having been through a senate hearing i think there were lots of things she could have uh, studied up on before she been there before she got there but the other thing is you know you can't just hang your head on charter schools or alternative schools or this and that because think of places like north dakota you know, if you're in Alexander, North Dakota, and you give somebody a voucher to go to a different school, where do they go? You know, if you're in Wishick, North Dakota, or Pembina, North Dakota, where do you go? Where do you take your kid? You know, so it isn't, that isn't the only answer. It isn't a good answer. Uh, It is one answer in the whole scheme of things in education, but it should, it it is not uh, something that can be totally driven. I think, She has some good ideas. I think we need to stand education on its head with today's modern teaching methods, with the technology capability that we have in our country today, and with being able to bring classes together electronically uh, for expertise and capability. And, you know, I tell you, I mean, I know teachers in Fargo, North Dakota, that get in trouble because they want to take their kids on a journey to the capital in Bismarck and teach them about government and it makes the other teachers feel bad or not, they're not doing their job, you know, because one teacher does and one doesn't. So anyway, uh, you know, quick thoughts. Thanks for your call, Bob. I appreciate it. And now it's time for us to take a break on the bottom of the hour. Stay with us. We'll be back soon. I was just letting that roll a little bit to listen to the music. <laughs> love the bumper music you got going on there, Nateo. You got to love some Chicago. You bet. Thank you. This is the Rob Report. You're listening to a 970 on your radio dial, WDAY. This is Ed Schaefer sitting in for Rob today. We have been uh, trying to get some phone calls. Uh, didn't have any particular guests lined up. Uh, I um, quickly sitting in for Rob on a family emergency that he had going on. So uh, give us a call at two nine three nine thousand or eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Glad to you know uh, pick up a topic that you're interested in. We have all kinds of uh, things to talk about. Uh, all things in the news and lots of conversations going on in our community. So feel free to give us a call and talk about it on air. It is two nine three nine thousand. 888 970 93294 toll free number, or give us a, drop us a note at WDAY.com. Um, I, um, I am been talking about uh, issues here for the day, and if you don't call, I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. So um, help us out here and give us a call, but um, I can always talk about uh, things, too. One of the things we were talking about at the break here in the studio was should we have a popular vote for president? Um, there's been some discussion about that. You know, did Hillary Clinton really win this election because she got 2.8 million more votes uh, than President Trump received? Uh, so does that make it uh, worthwhile? I think California um, had about 2.4 million of those, and they're talking about seceding. You know, maybe maybe we should let them secede, but um, uh, but uh, you know, one state obviously can drive that whole issue. Um, And there have been some conversations in the community. Jim Shaw had an article about that in the, in our newspaper, the, our sister organization uh, publishes the Fargo forum. Um, And uh, he said that we should get rid of the electoral college and just go to a popular vote. Uh, A few days later, uh, Brock Carlson uh, had a response to that um, in the paper. And I thought Brock made uh, some really good points about the reason you want an electoral uh, vote, uh, especially for small states uh, like North Dakota. So, is that something that's of a concern? You know, we hear a lot about in the news. And did Hillary really win, or didn't she? Do we have a legitimate president or not? Um, president Clinton um, went in 1992 when I ran for for governor, and uh, and President Clinton then um, Governor Clinton ran for president. Uh, he got 42% of the vote. Uh, Was that a a legitimate election? (laughs) You know, was he a legitimate president? Um, Who knows? So what's on your mind about that? And how should we work our system? Have things changed because of the new electronic age, or do we still want that electoral college uh, in a way to balance out uh, the Republic of the United States of America, 50 States all in this together uh, or do we have one or two states, big population states um, on our coasts uh, that, that drive the whole deal? If you have some thoughts on that, give us a call. Nine, seven, no, yeah, 293 two, nine, 9, and 970-DAY. <laughs> Getting mixed up, 293-9000, nine, 9, 9329 uh, Give us a call we and be glad to talk about it. So what do you think, Natil? Do, do we do a uh, popular vote or do we do electoral college vote?
1: That's a tough one for me because I understand a lot of the reasons why the electoral college is in existence because it helps to provide a voice for states like North Dakota that wouldn't otherwise matter as much. but and I, I understand that having a popular vote would make votes voters like me who are a generally liberal voter in a generally very conservative state feel like my vote matters more but my vote matters about as much as a Republican who votes in California. And a popular vote would make both of our votes feel a little bit more impactful. But at the same time, it would cause some amount of detriment to the middle states of America that aren't as populous as the coastal states and have a very different view on what's important than those coastal states do. So it's, it's a really tough call to make, I think. And I don't know that I'm, I'm in a position to make that call. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, and I think, um, you know, there are a couple of really good books on the subject that have been floating around for a few years. Um, this is a question that came up certainly in the George W. Bush election and in, in uh, the year 2000 um, when Al Gore won the popular vote, but George W. won the electoral vote. Um, you know, like I said, it, you know, came about really in the in the President Clinton election in 1992 because he got 42 percent of the vote. Um it happened here in North Dakota uh, with a popular vote um, where um, the uh, it seems to me that the Agriculture Secretary, Sarah Vogel, who was elected in 1990, I think, 1990 or 1992, you know, was elected. I, I think that was the that 90, that, that 92 election as well. She got 42 percent of the vote because there was a third party candidate that peeled off some of the votes. So, you know, do you have to have a, uh, you know, full uh, plurality or somebody that gets over 50% of the vote? Do you want popular votes? Do you want uh, electoral votes? It's, it's an interesting way to look at it. I'd like to see a breakdown. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure somebody's done it, about how many um, votes, plus or minus, in a popular vote for each state, you know, that would have taken place. Because one of the elements uh, or one of the mechanisms that people put forth is saying, well, take a popular vote in each state, and then each state gets, you know, their their uh, electoral college votes or something like that. But they have to be bound to the popular vote in the state. That would be an interesting analysis to look at. But, you know, right now, the way it looks is Hillary Clinton lives, you know, won the popular vote by 2.8 million votes. Two states, California and New York. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, yeah. You know, and mostly California. So it's, uh, you know, it's hard to say. You know, interestingly enough, it happens in Fargo. You know, in our last city commission race, uh, we had people, you know, that that won the city commission race um, with a very low percentage of the votes because we had so many candidates. You know, is that right? If somebody gets 15% of the vote or 12% of the vote, are they their next city commissioner? Should we have runoffs? You know, if you get a bunch of people um, that, um, uh, that are on the ballot, did you take it down to the final two and then, you know, have you know, vote on that. So you have a plurality or more than 50% vote. Um, You know, how does that whole thing work? I, I worry, I I saw some that, that the, you know, some voting college or collection or commission or something like that is thinking that we should just go in and vote for everybody. And then the popular vote, then the best people, uh, they meter it out somehow. It sounds like a participation ribbon, (laughs) you know, everybody that's on a ballot, (laughs) just vote for them. Yes or no. Or, you know, instead of voting for one person, yeah, vote for however many you want. Well, and we've got
1: a we've got a caller here who might have another opinion to share with us as far as the electoral college is concerned. Ryan, what is on your mind?
2: Oh, hello there, uh, former governor. Hey, Ryan,
1: welcome.
2: Um, I was just curious uh, um, what what the, the, your 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 co-host there would would say um, with regards to you know the one vote one person whatever. I guess it seems to me that that type of a system is more along the lines of trying to, uh, you know, make every state in America, every city in America, you know, equal and the same and, and the you know, the same stores, the same uh, landmarks, the same whatever. And, and I, I think that, you know, we're, we're too big of a country, and that's why federalism is, and, and we, we each want to have, to a certain extent, regional control, state control, and that's where I think the, the Electoral College shines.
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Did you happen to have you have you read some stuff about this, Ryan? Or would did we lose him? Um, yeah. Thank you for your point, Ryan. I, You know, I think that's the whole basis of the Electoral College is we are a republic. This is federalism. We, you know, Washington, D.C. is not supposed to have the power. We're supposed to be pushing it back to the states. And the Electoral College gives us that opportunity for our voice to be heard. If we have a popular vote. You know, uh, one book I read said, you know, that that all your all your campaign is going to be in you know five six big populous states, and we'd never have any of our issues on the table, et cetera. But um, anyway, um, uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, majority speak. I, you know, I don't know how you deal with all that either. So it's a it's a good question, a good topic for discussion in today's atmosphere. I'm an electoral college fan personally because of I think it gives North Dakota a bigger better representation than we would in a popular vote with 750,000 people but um you know some people see it differently i think we have to take a break right now time to take a break we're going to listen to some advertisers we appreciate the chance you know those advertisers make it possible so that you can turn on your radio you don't have to have a fee you don't have to have a contract you don't have to have anything turn it on listen to us and we'll be right back thank you To the Rob Report. This is Ed Schaefer sitting in today. Glad to be with you. This twenty third of January on Monday. It is. Uh, where is the time around here? Um, I don't know. It's uh, quarter to two or so. About one fifty two. One fifty two. Okay. <laughs> there it is. So we're glad to have you with us. We had a couple of callers. Let's get right to them so we can get them in. Cliff, you're on the air. What's uh, what are you thinking about today? Hi, Cliff.
2: Good afternoon, Ed. A um, couple questions for you. What's your view on term limits for Congress? That's my first question. The second is this debt, which is out of control at twenty trillion. Um, how would you how would you attack that? And I know you didn't you submit ninety five percent budgets when you were governor to tackle our debt back in the nineties.
0: I, I did submit ninety five percent budgets, ninety seven percent budgets a couple of times, break even budgets once, and uh, you know thanks for the call, Cliff, because this is an important thing. Um, term limits. I agree with term limits. Um, unfortunately Republicans, Democrats, independents, whomever get into office these days and they vote more as we've seen in Washington to keep themselves in office than they do for the people of the United States of America. And I think it's a real problem. I am very disappointed in the reelection percentage of people over and over and over again. And I'm disappointed in the output that they have, and I've come. I I think term limits should be in the ballot box, but you know what? Uh, our people aren't responding. The voters aren't responding, and I think the only way we're going to correct the system, especially since it's so driven by special interest money and things that it's unaffordable today for uh, a normal person, a regular person off the streets. Somebody wants to get involved in politics. You can't run for the state legislature. You can't run for office. You can't do anything because you can't afford to do so. So we're balancing our system off to the, uh, you know, the wealthy, the elite, and the special few. And that is not how our government work. The only way we th- fix it, I think, is um, by term limits. Uh, the other thing is the, ba- the budget, the debt, and the deficit that we have. It is crazy. It's out of whack. Um, $20 trillion debt is just irresponsible. And it's going to be the biggest thing facing our country in the future. Um, The the continuing debt, if we don't get it under control, um, we are going to have a huge problem just being able to afford to pay for it. And that money sucks out. All the interest money sucks out. Everything else that we can put in to, you know, home care, to families, to education, to health care, you know, it just takes all the money out of the system. And it's ridiculous. Um, We've got to uh, we have to um, uh, freeze spending. And as the economy generates more, put every single dollar above and beyond where we are today uh, into that debt reduction. Uh, let's go to Gary real quick. And um, Gary, uh, what are you thinking about today?
2: Well, I wasn't thinking about that, although I do all the time. But boy, it's refreshing to hear you your analysis because um, uh, it's it's just it's almost like drug dealers. The reason why people go into it because there's so much money they can make. Uh, a, a U.S. attorney once told me, but Citizens United started that that whole mess, and until that thing is uh, fixed, and we go back to a fine, uh, 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 um, um the uh, senator from uh, Arizona, and go from uh, that that bill that they had in, uh, it, it's not going to get get fixed quick quickly. And the term limits, uh, the guys there that are would be affected are, certainly aren't going to vote for that because it's too much of a career, but. You look at uh, some of the, I read it, uh, an article by um, Steve Forbes once, as soon as they get in office, they're, they're calling just like street vendors or uh, 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 guys in the stands selling beer at the baseball games, uh, uh, send me money I, to stay in office before they even go to the to working for what they were elected uh, to.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right, Gary. I, you know, it's difficult, and, the, you know, the Citizens United... Um, isn't the only issue the Citizens United um, uh, issue is uh, is corporate donations. We don't, but we we have union donations. You know, we have uh, individual wealthy donations, billionaires that put money into the deal. You know, somehow we have to control. I think the only way you do it is you have to have money generated from the district in which you represent. So a senator represents a state. A representative represents a certain region of a state. That's where you generate the money. That's where it should be. That's where you get rid of the special interest groups, be it union money, corporate money, personal money, whatever the case may be. So thanks for the call, Gary. I appreciate it. Sorry we didn't have longer to discuss it. But I have to take a break. It's time. um, Our time has gone so fast. Our time has gone. Yeah, it's uh, it's really been something. But um, it's been great to be with you. This is the Rob Report. Uh, This is Ed Schaefer sitting in on WDAY 970. We're going to take a break for Eric Johnson and the news, and we'll be back for the Jay Thomas Show.